1: Have a me-time moment with Nair, the number one hair removal brand. Smell for yourself. Try the reformulated Nair body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online.
0: This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu.
1: And that's what you really missed with Jenna
2: and Kevin an iHeartRadio podcast.
1: Welcome to And That's Where You Really Miss Podcast. We have an extra, very, extra, very, extra, very (sighs) special guest.
2: Wow. That was the most special intro thus far, and I think deserved. Well deserved. It is the one and only Eric Stoltz, actor and director extraordinaire. He directed 12 episodes of Glee (laughs) by the end of it. So much.
1: So many episodes. Was that the most anybody directed? Maybe. Maybe Falchuk. I I, I don't know. But close.
2: Close. Yeah, he's up there for sure. And like we fought for him to keep coming back. Not that we had to, but like we'd let it be known that we loved him.
1: Yeah, anytime Ryan came around, we'd be like, we love Eric Stoets. And he would kind of be like, why do you love Eric so much? And not that I think he was like, had disdain over it. But I think he was just genuinely curious. Because like you said, we never... Did that? No,
2: we let we him know,
1: <laughs> and the people heard because he he was there. He was mm-hmm. there for that whole journey, and we are better for it. So yes, here is in Eric Stoltz.
2: <gasps> yes, he's in a suit. <laughs> My friends. Wow. Oh
3: God. (laughs) I haven't seen you in over a decade. My eyes are watering. I have to say,
2: (laughs) no one has made me feel this way. (laughs) We talk about how much we love you and here it is. It's happening right now. I have goosebumps. I'm sweating.
1: Oh, it's good to see you! It's
2: so good to see you guys. Oh my God, I, 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 how
1: are you? Oh my God, so much to catch up
3: on.
2: (laughs) Thank you so much. I know you're busy. Thank you so much for one just like stopping by to chat a little bit. (laughs) Okay,
3: first of all, who's busy? There's a strike going. (laughs) Well, I don't know.
2: You know. The we just assume everybody else is ass- busy. Yeah, I assume you're busy. You you should be busy. <laughs> I want you to be directing and acting and everything always. So you're very kind. Very. I kind. did
1: watch. I did watch all of your directing in Madame Sack, which um Goodness. we absolutely love, love, love. So oh, I'm so glad. No, it's wonderful. It always. We we, we even started rewatching it.
4: <laughs> wow,
3: so that's pretty. a lot of watching.
1: It is a lot of watching, but it's really great. It's really good TV. I think. Cool.
3: Thank you. I rewatched the, the first two seasons of Glee in preparation for this. I, I had to stop. What? what? <laughs> That's a lot of yeah. Glee. Well, I hadn't seen the show. I mean,
4: mm.
3: I you know, when Corey died, I, I couldn't. Yeah. yeah. I just couldn't. And it's been 10 years and I have so many, <laughs> so many fond memories of it that I wanted to, uh, I wanted to catch up a bit. As much
4: yes. As
2: I could. Uh, well, I could s- not do all the ones that I directed because they were just too many. <laughs> That's we were emailing. <laughs> He's like, "Do I need to watch all twelve episodes?" I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> you <don't
4: need> to.
1: <laughs> so many episodes. Yeah. Um
3: Well, it's really good to see you. Good to see you. You guys all grown up and beautiful. It's so nice to see.
1: Oh, thanks. <sighs> we're trying. Just trying. You know,
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're full we're, adults. We're, we're, I mean, we're still assholes like when you met us. But <laughs> oh, <we're... laughs> yeah. that's just not true.
1: <laughs> well, we have the wonderful Eric Stoltz. Let's talk about all the good things and all the good memories. We talk about you a lot on this podcast because we have so many fond memories. You became one of our favorite directors, if not our favorite director, um, for many, many reasons. But you started as an actor and, and just interested. I don't think we ever... I don't know if there was time to ever know um, when you transitioned from actor to director and uh, or what made you get into directing. and um, Because obviously you are an actor's director and that's why we loved you so much. So I'm just curious about that transition before we get into the Glee stuff.
3: Gosh, I got into it in a very roundabout way. I, I was uh, annoyed at how I was being treated as an actor hmm. um, by... Mm-hmm. People whose job it was to to treat me that way—it it was sort of um, fawning. And uh, uh, people are hired to serve you in in every way when you're when you're doing a, a big film, anyway. Certainly not an independent film. And bring you your clothes, and bring you your food, and wake you up, and take you home, and, and treat you as though you are not quite a human. And I began to bristle with that. So I thought, I love, I love the business, and I, I love what I do. Maybe there's something else that uh, would intrigue me. So I, uh, a friend of mine, Cameron Crowe, was making his very first film, Say Anything. Wow. And wow. I had introduced him to uh, my favorite AD, Jerry Ziesmer, who did Apocalypse Now, among other things. Wow. In a podcast now, he's the one that said, with extreme prejudice, as he's planning the shoot. <laughs> and uh, so Cameron hired Jerry, and he also hired Laszlo Kovacs, who I'd worked with on Mask. So I realized this, and Polly Platt was the producer, who's a genius. Mm-hmm. And I realized all these people that I loved are making this film. Mm-hmm. So I asked Cameron if I could be a PA on it. Wow. And, and he said, sure, sure, man. <laughs> so... Uh, I was a PA and I also played a small part and say anything, but Mm -hmm. I was a PA and I found that I really enjoyed being on the other side of the camera Mm -hmm. and I really enjoyed not caring how I looked and I really Mm -hmm. enjoyed watching how the actors interact. I mean, Cameron is fantastic with actors. He's, (laughs) he's uh, touched by genius and uh, Mm -hmm. it was a real education. So I PA'd on a couple more films and then I started producing some independent films and then on, one, I had one experience where the director the director pitched a fit. I'm looking around as if he's in the room with me. <laughs> he, uh, he pitched a fit and he walked off the set and he insulted the crew. And I was producing and I thought, we can't, we can't lose this day. We're losing yeah. the light. We're, we're losing the money. So I stepped in and I said, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to put the camera over here. We're going to come over here. And I talked to the actors. And, and at the end of the day, I thought, I really like mm. that. And it, it it never really occurred to me before. So then I started doing some short films and some television, and, and then I I just started directing. I started bartering my acting for
2: directing. Fair enough. Which uh, you know you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> <laughs> you're so you're good at both, which is crazy. You know it's hard right. to be good at one of them, and you just happen to be very good at both things makes a lot of sense though you, like you people can hear you talk like you're so nice you're thoughtful <laughs> you you really care about and that's what, you know our experience with you too is like the care you take in each conversation each setup with the crew, actors, whoever it is.
1: All the extras loved you the most (laughs) because you gave them direction, you gave them intention, you gave them action like that. I think they were startled when a director was talking to them because that doesn't happen very often on set, at least the ones that I've been on. And so I thought... I was watching the episode, I think it was duets and I was watching it recently and I was like, There are so many kids in this hallway. This looks like high school, and I was like, Eric directed this. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yes, and some of them are kissing. That, yes. Wow. Well,
1: um, I you used made me in in trouble Harry for kiss
3: a lot. Uh, Yeah. I made you and Harry kiss a lot.
1: A lot.
3: There was a one lot. number oh, blame it on the alcohol. You guys were just Kissing the
1: whole song. I have so many memories of you being like, okay, you're going to kiss. <laughs> well, you're I, was, make I out.
2: watched Blame It on the Alcohol before this, and I was like, Heather and I are making out the entirety of this song. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, Eric Stoltz, at it again. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, my, my shrink would have a field day
3: with that. But, <laughs> but it was fun. It was a lot yes. of fun. Yeah, I, I, had I couldn't complain. So much fun with you guys.
1: When you came into the show, mm-hmm. did you feel prepared for. A musical TV show.
3: I did. I mean, I mean, I I did because I I, I grew up doing musical. I've, I I felt like you know, I listened to your podcast and and I I have to agree that I Ryan with Ryan I felt like I was part of every one of you guys. Like I mm. was that mm. part of Artie, that part of Dina, and that part mm. of glory and i felt like i was a theater kid who was also in the orchestra the band of the jazz band i did all the musicals uh i think by the time i got to college i'd done 42 plays and musicals what? and and some of them with dante di loretto
2: no well, way what
3: that's right i grew up with dante in santa barbara california
2: i don't think i knew that i don't know if i knew that either oh, wow yeah. okay okay it's okay.
3: true Although wow. although I don't believe Dante is the one that that brought Not me. Gone. Oh, no, Dante did bring me to Glee. Hmm. But I had met Ryan through, uh, I was in Shondaland. I was doing Grey's Anatomies and oh, private okay. practice. And there was a fantastic nurse on it named Linda Klein. Yes. Harry Harry just talked about her. Oh, my God. Just the biggest hoot in the <laughs> world. And I'd come in and say, good morning, Linda. How are you? He said, ah, I was on it. Boat all weekend with Ryan Murphy. You got to meet him. You're going to love this guy. He's doing nip-tuck. And I said, oh, great. Okay, yeah, I'll meet him. And Linda set up a meeting
2: with Ryan. We have to have Linda on. She keeps getting mentioned. (laughs) She's fantastic. Oh, my God. Wow.
1: Wow, wow,
3: wow. So you had this meeting with Ryan. I had a meeting with Ryan. And I remember they walked me in to a large conference room with a large table. And I was sitting at one end. And Mm -hmm. then Ryan came in. sat at the other end (laughs) and sort of looked at me for a while because i think he likes you know making people a little uncomfortable Mm. which is fine he's good at it and then he kind of went so (laughs) what's your favorite movie and um i immediately like thought i think i asked him is it from the 40s 50s 60s Mm. and 70s foreign uh american i i have have these lists in my head of Mm. of films that i love and ryan said mines network and I said, oh, damn it, because <laughs> Network was one of my favorite movies, too. But I can't say it now after Ryan it. you Ryan's can't there. say yeah. it. Because then you seem like a sycophantic, you know. Right. <laughs> so, But the meeting went well, and he hired me on Nip Tuck, which was a difficult show. Mm. Um, it was in the, the last few years of the show. Mm-hmm. But I, I had a decent time. And uh, I met Chris Siafa, who went on to be the DP at Glee and i'll never forget i was setting up a shot on nip tuck and said i want the camera to sort of drift behind and around on this line and the crew sort of looked at me and chris came
2: up to me and said why <laughs> it's a very good impression it's very good and i said
3: well because this is a shift a dramatic shift in the scene this is the point where it becomes a little more intimate and i want the camera to sort of move hmm. and help find it." He goes oh okay <laughs> and later on i told him that story he said yeah i was kind of a dick and i said no 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 i, I totally understand it because when you come on as a guest director, you are literally coming into someone's home, right. having dinner with them, and you can't be saying, I don't like this food. Bring, bring me right. something else. You have to sort of say, what have you to offer and how can I help? Mm. So I met a lot of the crew from Glee on that. Um, then I came wow. onto your
4: show.
1: Escape to Summer with Victoria's Secret. Because Life is Better in a Bikini, rewind to the future with the VS Archives swim collection inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriassecret.com. Let's talk about something we can all relate to, hair removal. Not exactly the highlight of our day, right? Between Nick's Cuts and Razor Burn, the worst. But guess what? Nair, the OG, has taken hair removal to the next level with their new sensational shower and body creams that smell Amazing. Literally the best thing ever. Nair's new scents have turned my bathroom into a spa. My favorite is the soothing aloe and water lily body cream. It smells so good. Plus, it's designed for lingering freshness, so I smell and feel good for the rest of the day. And who doesn't love that? Nair's new shower and body creams are super easy to apply and work in as little as three minutes, and my smooth skin lasts days longer than shaving. You can use it on your legs, arms, underarms, even your bikini area, which is perfect with summer right around the corner. I just went on a trip to New York to visit my family and I used Nair before I left. I didn't even need to pack a razor because I knew my legs would be smooth the entire trip. So check out the new and improved body creams and shower creams from Nair, the number one hair removal brand. So smell for yourself. Try the reformulated Nair body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online.
2: had a lot of actors on here and actors who weren't necessarily regulars, but were there a lot. And the difficulty of when you're stepping in to do a scene here, a scene there, how hard that is. And sort of sounds like when you're coming in to be a guest director. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, I can't come into the kitchen and tell you how to cook this. What are sort of the places where you can, though, you know, scoot your elbows out and have a little freedom to... Because you, every director that came in had a different technique, had a different style and you threw in shots and you even like threw in some little story moments that weren't even in the script mm-hmm. and you managed to get them in there and they were great. How, how do you go about sort of finessing that and doing that when you are, especially if it's your first or second episode?
3: Right. Well, um, what a good question. That's a I, I always found the best way to work was to, and, and Glee was kind of wide open that way, uh, is to do it as written and make sure we got it as written and then come to you and say, hey, why don't you try this?
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Or is there something you want to try? Or wouldn't it be fun if? Mm-hmm. And then shoot that as well. And then I would watch all the dailies. I would spend like <laughs> 44 hours watching dailies. Oh and I go through to Ooh, Kevin sneezed on take three. <laughs> I love that. Or, and, and I'd give it. I remember I would send, uh, I think the first episode, I sent uh, my editor in post production 39 pages of notes on, on which <gasps> takes I thought had the best performances. <laughs> And it probably wasn't the. the most, but yeah, did they hate you or did most they? Most gracious love it? way. I don't think they knew what to make of me, and and yeah. I I I probably should not have done that. And I later apologized to them because it's it is a little rude, but I was so passionate about what you guys were doing mm. and what was what was coming out in in the story and the music and and uh it all came from a good place it wasn't you know right. i'm the director and, and i know what's yeah. best it was wouldn't it be great if
1: right right
2: you did i mean because having been a fan of your acting work for forever and also the first time my family ever was impressed of like who i was working with my brothers was like you're working with eric stoltz said, yeah <laughs> I was like, this is the first time you showed any interest in, in Glee. <laughs> <laughs> and so coming onto a set, knowing that you're working with an actor is very intimidating, and especially one that you respect as much as like we all respect you. And you could, it was that thing that you just described where we'd get to the last take and you'd be like, we got it already. We're done. Do now whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, <that's> or right. <laughs> you would like throw in a word or two, and for some reason that ability to, or th- that permission, was so liberating, and mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like we, we didn't know that was an option. Like wait, <laughs> we can do this. We try can... things. Yes, <laughs> and it really for somehow you know mm. got rid of all of that intimidation because like you just wanted to allow us to play. Allow Mm -hmm. everyone to just play. And we trusted you because you spoke to us differently. And the way you ran a set was different and also Mm -hmm. intimidating, which we should talk about. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it was great. Mm -hmm. But it challenged us in all these wonderful ways. And actually, let's talk about that. You had some rules. No sides on set.
1: Well, Eric showed up in a suit. We were like, (laughs) who's this guy?
2: Because Eric was there before, (laughs) not in a suit, when we were not shooting. And then we showed up to shoot. And And he's he's in in a suit. yeah, Always looking great. Ser- we're like, <laughs> he's serious.
1: But then our first day on set, I remember no sides on set. And we're like, who's this guy? <laughs>
2: <laughs> who is this?
1: <laughs> who is this guy? No, and it was um it was drawing because as a, all the other directors that had come in, everybody had uh, some caliber directorial work who they know how to approach a TV show that has been on for at least a season or two now that you're coming into somebody's house, but also getting things done with confidence and with, um, you know, making your days most of the time. But you, it was like, who's made, this guy making all these rules and who does he think he is? But it was really <laughs> exciting because it was new for us. It kind of like we were slumped in our chairs and it like made us sit up in our chairs a little bit. And that mm-hmm. was exciting to me because it was like somebody who actually cares, somebody totally different. There's, to, there's absolutely different strategy going on and, and everybody's eyes are wide open. And it was really exciting. Um, talk to us about, yeah, tell me about like when that rule came in place.
3: Well, I don't know if you remember, but I was uh... – sort of hanging around your set for a couple episodes before we started. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I wanted to get the lay of the land. I wanted to sort of see how the crew worked with you, how you worked with the crew. And I introduced myself to each of you saying, I am your next director. How do you like to work?
4: Mm-hmm. Do you
3: like to rehearse? Do you like to shoot the rehearsal?
4: That's right. What,
3: what is missing or what would you like, or what do you feel your character needs that hasn't been given to you? That kind of stuff. And so I, and I, I realized you were having a blast on that show. And I, I thought, oh, I'm going to have fun too. But I also, I've always felt like, unless you know the lines, you can't really go, uh, go off of them.
4: Mm-hmm. You,
3: you can't really expand. You can't really mm-hmm. bring yourself to it because you're, str- you're struggling to figure out what the lines are. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, I know what my lines are and I know what my intention is and I have feelings about this. And, and that it's kind of freeing. So I thought I'd try. that. <laughs> and I remember I, I did that. And literally within an hour, Dante came down from the from the from his offices, which uh, I found out later didn't happen that often. No. No. And he pulled me aside and he said, what are you doing? <laughs> I said, well, what do you mean? He said, you've you away their sides. What are you doing? And I said, I yeah, I did. I think it's, I think it would be, good i think it'll be good for the show and he says are you sure because you know some people are pissed off about it and i said just give me a day or two and 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 we'll see but uh and there were some you guys some of you guys are a little grumpy about it and i understand because you know you you get you find your ways to work and Mm -hmm. it's comfortable for you but i do think that it paid off because then when we got to episodes like blame it on the alcohol, which were just chaos and <laughs> and just, you know, improvisational, wacky, you know, stuff, you were able to come to play. You know, yeah. that's right.
2: That's right. So was this the first time you'd ever done that on a show? Yeah.
3: Well, no, no, no. I had done oh, a, okay I had done a TV movie with. uh mainly kids i mean Katerina scorsoni i think is 19 and wow. Alice and mac and and i i said you know no sides on set
4: mm. Mm.
3: because you know you have limited time i want you guys to come ready to uh do your best and mm-hmm. and i think it's hard to do your best when you're sort
2: of you know yeah fair
3: you and
1: laid the like... land for us though for sure um in terms <laughs> the, of
2: the ripples that sent through base camp <laughs> <laughs> we yeah. were all we yeah. got that note. We were like in hair and makeup like <laughs> Yeah, I think Naya came up to me and said, Stoltz What the hell is this? <laughs>
4: like
3: she was like right in my face. Yeah. It's right. Also try it For She her, doesn't need sides. No. That's the
1: problem. That she, she progressed. She doesn't memory. need them. So <laughs> yeah. I don't know what she's all upset about. Um no, but you you made our days, you shot, you know, our your takes were shoot the rehearsal. Two, two, three takes, we got it, move on. And that was new for us too. A lot of the time oh. we were doing five, six, seven takes of each, you know, a setup and, and so there was something like refreshing about it and you came prepared and all your notes so and your prepared. binder and yeah. everything was printed right. out and, and we always felt like he cared so much. So it, it raised the bar for us because number one, we really had to know our lines. Number two, <laughs> <laughs> number two we you were giving everything so much uh, focus that when we came onto set, it made us kind of like strap up our boots a little bit and and get to work, which in a fun way though, like we still had a lot of fun. So we, we,
3: um, you know, know, I do remember the first couple days and uh, (laughs) particularly I remember uh, Leah and Corey were a little mistrustful and um, Mm
4: -hmm.
3: standoffish. Mm. And it made me think, you know, I don't know. Well, no, I figured it out. I mean, you guys had been through, like, (laughs) we made a pilot. We're hugely famous and (laughs) successful. Everybody wants something from us. Yes. And and I remember I was giving a direction, like if you're the camera, I was talking to Corey. I'm Corey. And Corey was given a line like,
4: hey, doing
3: this. And I said, it's really not, the intention is great, but when you go like this and the camera's here, I can't use it. If you limit your range of motion to just this, then i see both eyes and i'm more likely to use reaction and they said oh okay and then they would try it and they'd say yeah that kind of makes sense (laughs) Mm -hmm. so they realized i wasn't just trying to control their performance you know but uh yeah enhance them somehow
2: i mean that was sort of the beauty though of like your (laughs) communication is that you would communicate those things to us that had never been communicated to us <laughs> where well, see that's the
3: thing that goes right. back to the thing like don't tell the actors the truth yeah don't don't let the actors make a decision other than lunch you know right. uh, bring right. them what they want infantilize the actors yeah yes. and, and I found that uh, uh, didn't sit well with me as an actor so I, I always thought well when I'm directing I'll just tell you the truth right here's what we need and most of us want that
2: yeah yeah it goes a long yeah. way because I, I remember too, like explaining to people, you know, like at the time, Lindsay Lohan was having a rough go of it publicly, right? I like, <laughs> you have to understand when you are on a set, you are catered to in every possible way. When we're doing a musical number, there are multiple people dabbing <laughs> off our brow from any sweat (laughs) we have fans we have people bringing a cope with a straw in it like (laughs) you know we have full teams like we don't we're basically getting lifted and carried onto the set (laughs) and so when you get taken away from that it's you can see how it could be hard for people to adjust to not being in that treated like that yeah all the time yeah and when you do have somebody on set who is in charge like a director being honest with you it goes a very long way because that's all you want just like yeah just tell me what we need to do i'm gonna do it yeah that's most
3: people most people just want to hear the truth not and you can oh i remember when i was acting you can just always tell when a director is coming at you with some sort of bullshit like Mm -hmm. you know wouldn't it be good if you stood up on this word (laughs) and you my immediate reaction was like back leg. No.
4: (laughs) Why? That's your
3: instinct. You know, as opposed to, I would come up to you guys and say, at some point you need to get to the door. Right. Because that's got to be the last shot of the scene because it says you exit and I'm into the Mm -hmm. next shot. So let's figure out when that is. Show me what feels right to you and, and we'll shoot it. So I would figure out how I needed to get in and out of scenes, the transitions from one scene to another. And I would tell you guys, like I'm going to start on the doorknob and then Mm -hmm. pull back and then let's see what happens. We'll cover it. And yeah. then the ending has to be you go out shoes office. And so you guys were really helpful
4: hmm.
3: figuring out the the meat of the scene. I had this sort of, you know, intros and outros hmm. and you guys had a fair amount of freedom within that.
1: Speaking of intros and outros, do you remember it? I can't remember what season it was, but you started directing back to back episodes. And it was very rare that any director should should have to do that ever because that's so difficult. You have no time to prep. You're prepping while you're directing if you're prepping at all. But I remember that happening. Do you remember that?
4: Nope. I
1: I, it was I must it might have been a prom episode or it might have been a finale. I can't remember. All I remember is you being like, We're just gonna do it.
3: (laughs) We're here. I'm just gonna do it. And I was like, wait. I do remember there was one season opener I did. I can't it was
1: Purple Piano Project.
2: Oh three. Yeah.
3: Three. And it was uh, I was told afterwards by Leo Bauer our Genius A D that it was the first episode that was done in eight days.
2: What? See, this is my point. I've always said we were always scheduled. People ask how many days it takes to shoot an episode. I go, well, we were always scheduled for eight days, but like never ten. did we ever make that.
3: Except, well, for... <laughs> yeah, it was hard too because, and I understand it. You know, I remember we were doing one giant tap dance number with Chris Colfer and everybody, and you know, we would show Ryan the numbers before we shot them, and Ryan came in and he sat down, and we did the whole number and. I turned to Ryan, and Ryan said, I hate it. Mm-hmm. Let's wrap. We're doing it over.
4: Mm-hmm. And I
3: said, oh, my God, okay. And Leo came over and said, I don't worry about it. It is what it is. This happens. Yes. We'll, we'll do it on another day. Yeah. Get them back to the shed with Zach and Brooke. <laughs>
4: oh, my and God. And
3: I was I, – I tried not to take it personally, but you can't take anything personally. And, no. and you know, right. it's, it's all – subjective but uh, things like that would happen for the what? better of the show by the way you know most shows didn't have an overlord
0: who mm-hmm. would come
3: down and say <laughs> that really works or what are you thinking no right. start from this st- yeah. i don't care if it costs money i don't care if it costs time right we do want right. to make it the best thing possible it right.
2: did suck too because we'd have to yeah. that would happen We're we'd be like damn it we have to go back and do this but he was unfortunately always right yeah. About those yeah. things, like, uh, yes. Damn, <laughs> he
3: was. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, the really tough part was going back to that bloody, uh, heated shed that that oh, no. poor oh, Zach no. and Brooke,
2: where you guys had to rehearse. Yes. <laughs> Until that we moved was... to the
1: powerhouse, the powerhouse yeah. was great, That's right?
2: That was a magical right. place. There was, I don't remember which season it was, <laughs> but you we were sitting on this one of the smaller stages. I think we were shooting in the library or. We had like a mini cafeteria setup thing. Oh, right, right. I remember. There was like a little like one room thing. And you were talking, you're like, I just wish like (laughs) this character would do this, because this is what happens. And you but this is how you would think, and you were, you know, verbalizing it. And I was like, damn, how do we get him to be a writer on this show? (laughs) Because like seeing how much you cared, you were talking to one of the other writers as well, so it must have been, you know, season three and beyond. Um, and there were great ideas. And that started with duets when you had like Heather show up to, um, to like do the meatball push with her nose. That and was bread like, sticks. yeah, breadsticks. And f- since then we're like, yeah, he's got like great ideas for Tina and Artie and Finn and Rachel. Like, can he just write it? <laughs> and, and, and and I remember thinking because we had done it a couple times for things. We're like, we had Harry on recently and we talked about how. He and I sort of incepted Ryan to get the Michael Jackson songs we wanted. And I remember th- <laughs> trying to plot how we could get you. I didn't even know if you were interested in writing. I didn't know if you were a writer. I was like, but we need him in there. <laughs> I was like, he goes home and is thinking about what these characters are doing in the future. And he's oh. right. And I'm like, I need him to get some pens and paper and do this for us. Uh I, I,
3: well that's very sweet. I no I'm not a writer and I'm I wasn't interested in it but I would in fact I uh have a place in New Mexico that has some cows and things and I remember so clearly walking with a script uh through the cows <laughs> and saying to myself if I was a gay high school cheerleader <laughs> how would I feel if I was rejected by my lover and, and I'd sort of acted out. I mean, with the script in my head, I, I, the the cows were, were very <laughs> entertained, patient, <laughs> Riveted. Patient by it. But, you know, a grown man sort of, if I was a teenage girl cheerleader. How would I deal with this? Which is silly, but I was very invested. I just, I love yeah. you guys and I love yeah. the stories and and by the way, the, uh, I heard your podcast on duets and I have to say that the nudging of the meatball, I, I remember quite clearly, I had asked that Heather, that we bring Heather in. Yes. And there was a bit of an yeah. uproar cause she wasn't in the script right. and, uh, there was nothing written for her and she'd had a long day or something. I can't remember what, but I said begged and she brought her in and I did the shot and I came over and she wasn't nudging the meatball and Kenneth Silverstein. Do you remember Kenneth? The yeah, production mm-hmm. manager? Mm-hmm. He was standing there because he was a little, you know,
4: mm-hmm.
3: he was kind of in charge of the money and the hours. Yeah. Kind of oh yeah. And he he sort of sidled up and he said, "Why don't you have her nudge the meatball?" <gasps> and I said, "Can I do that?" And he said, "She's here." And so I, we had the take where she doesn't nudge the meatball, and then we had her nudge the meatball. Oh and my! I cut it in. And I, I thanked Kenneth for that because what that did was that opened up a little door for me where I thought
4: mm. I can
3: try things mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I can cut them in. And if they don't work, they'll say, what the hell are you doing? That's yeah. out. But if they, do, if they do work, like my favorite moment, I think of the whole run of Glee was you, Kevin. In Uh-oh. that pool scene, oh. <laughs> going into the pool in your wheelchair. Which so everyone was like, you, you can't
0: up. do that. He, he's, he's in a wheelchair. You can't do that.
1: We've done everything else. So, yes, we, we to, can.
2: Let's. We have to talk about this. Do you know, <laughs> because I'm like terminally online, I'm on Twitter <laughs> all the time, how in the past like two years, the gif of me being pushed <laughs> into the wheelchair has become such a viral thing. I get asked about it more than anything. People bring it up to me all the time. I get sent it on Twitter several times a week or on TikTok or on Instagram. And when it happened, I remember when it aired, like, I was really excited for it personally, but, you know, it it happened. The episode aired, whatever, we moved on. And then all of a sudden, there's been this like reemergence of this one little clip. And I'm like, yes, (laughs) finally, because I remember, like you said, you know, we do everything as scripted and we did. (laughs) And then you walk up to me because everyone was sort of talking. If I remember this correctly and you can, but I think we were all sort of joking about it the entire time. Like I need to get in the pool. Why am I in the pool? And I remember like Leah and all of us like shouting, like push this. Yeah. Let's get him in the pool. And then you came up to me and like whispered to me, Hey, so, like, we got it. We're done. I want to do one more. How are you with being pushed into the pool? I was like, push my ass in the pool, please. And not in a million years did I ever think it actually get cut in. Like, I didn't think it would make the edit. And I think we ended up doing it twice or something. But I was so happy. Because also, if any director was going to be like, yeah, let's try it. It would have been you. Yeah. And Oh, and it's become God. such a random, is that how that oh. happened? Is my memory correct?
3: Your memory is correct. I think the idea <laughs> happened on the day and it yeah. didn't make any sense because everyone was diving in and you would just sort of roll by and like, it looks kind of weak. And and mm. then I I remember I pitched it to the team. You always got to pitch it to sort of your AD and your DP and they all said, oh, hell no. Right. <laughs> no, you got to get a stuntman. You don't yes. have permission what if Ryan doesn't like it? I mean, all these reasons. I said, those are all really good reasons, but I just think it'll be good. (laughs) And I had sort of, a—I had done a movie in a wheelchair. I think I told you this when we were working together. Mm -hmm. I did a, a Sundance film called the water dance with Helen Hunt. And I was playing a quad and one of the fellows who wrote and directed it, Neil Jimenez, who sadly just died, was in a chair. The whole time and so i stayed in my chair the whole time mm-hmm. and he would give me these books like you won't get far on foot and these really sort of darkly funny weird takes on being in a wheelchair and he said we just hate it when anyone pities us or tries to take the chair i mean he would talk me through it and so i thought this is something that Artie can do it's right. like a giant uh, yeah yeah finger to the world yeah and it makes total sense because it's it's a not it's not a pitying
2: thing it's a yeah
3: joyful okay. crazy act that a teenager would do
2: totally. was one the, i remember i also that reminds me that you came up to me and you're like they don't want me to do this." you told me that <laughs> but you're like i told i think it was andrew and you're like i like i'm gonna have andrew stay on you <laughs> and just do <laughs> and andrew it. will like,
1: get it andrew would definitely get it <laughs> oh yeah.
2: like, i andrew got you was a partner in crime yeah i was like if we have one take like i need to throw my body into this water and you know what? It was kind of foolish because you could have hurt yourself.
3: You could have hurt yourself. That wheelchair could have snapped your neck. You don't know. And, oh and it, my God. It, it is always better to to plan things and discuss it with stunt coordinators and be official. But every once in a while, you just got to say, hey, what the hell? Yeah. It it. That it one was
2: pretty safe. Like I was going into the water. There wasn't a lot of risk in that one. Like it was... That's true.
3: That's true. <laughs> but now that I have, uh... back then I was just a director saying, how can we make this episode sing? Now yeah. I've sort of been producing shows and I think, Ugh. If the director did that to me, (laughs) that's kind of a liable, you're opening yourself up to a lot of, a lot of questions. So, uh, uh, but I would enlist you guys, (laughs) you guys would do anything, which is fantastic. I mean, for you you
1: specifically
3: for you. Yeah. Well, I think you would do anything because you were enormously talented and and at (laughs) that point free enough to say, why don't we try that? Why don't we? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Why yeah. not is a great place to approach acting.
1: Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just arrived swim cover ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles like the made to be seen very sexy push up bra from the Very Sexy Collection Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriassecret.com. Let's talk about something we can all relate to, hair removal. Not exactly the highlight of our day, right? Between Nick's cuts and razor burn, the worst. But guess what? Nair, the OG, has taken hair removal to the next level with their new sensational shower and body creams that smell Amazing. Literally the best thing ever. Nair's new scents have turned my bathroom into a spa. My favorite is the soothing aloe and water lily body cream. It smells so good. Plus, it's designed for lingering freshness, so I smell and feel good for the rest of the day. And who doesn't love that? Nair's new shower and body creams are super easy to apply and work in as little as three minutes, and my smooth skin lasts days longer than shaving. You can use it on your legs, arms, underarms, even your bikini area, which is perfect with summer right around the corner. I just went on a trip to New York to visit my family and I used Nair before I left. I didn't even need to pack a razor because I knew my legs would be smooth the entire trip. So check out the new and improved body creams and shower creams from Nair, the number one hair removal brand. So smell for yourself. Try the reformulated Nair body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online.
2: when you came on the beginning of season two for duets, we were probably pretty well behaved.
4: Yeah.
2: <laughs> Mostly. And then when blaming on the Alcohol, your next episode, I think, right? right? Was that your next episode?
4: It was,
3: it was indeed,
2: yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> How was that? Exp- <laughs> I remember, because that episode was written sort of, as a telling off of us in real life because we got caught coming back from lunch a little under the influence, yeah. some of us more than others. Mm-hmm. And so when we did that episode, you were very adamant, obviously, about nobody actually drink. We're not mm-hmm. going method. And you taught us this technique <laughs> of, you know, spinning around in circles. Well, I'm
3: spinning around, right. and
2: ah. then And then starting <laughs> and then to see... And then trying
3: it. to stand still. Yep.
2: Yes, which oh, was great. Harder. But I don't know if... I do know that not everybody followed that (laughs) rule. How was that experience (laughs) comparatively?
3: It's interesting because I felt like in watching the season two, uh, for me, I felt like I was being tested, maybe unintentionally because you never know how the scripts are written, but I mean, duets was obviously an intimate Mm -hmm. sort of relational uh, about uh, you know kurt's rejected artie's rejected uh mm-hmm. it's about love that isn't working out and there were two guest stars and they each had a line you know i think the librarian went shush mm-hmm. to to uh, tina and mike and yeah. there was uh jonathan wolf in the cafeteria where santana comes in and says she's just using you Artie." Everyone slept with her. Hey, you. Hey, kid. And this guy turns around. Jonathan Wilms says, oh, yeah, I slept with her. <laughs> Those are the only two guest stars. So I think, you know, I was the new director. And I thought, okay, duets was probably the easiest mm-hmm. production-wise episode. Mm-hmm. Let's try the new guy out on that. And then when it, we had a good time and it worked, they, they might have said, oh, let's give him the most crazy, <laughs> anarchic, chaotic yep. episode. play yes. it on the out- alcohol and see what happens. And luckily, I mean, Ian had written all three of these, so I was I was triple blessed with that. Mm-hmm. And you guys were uh, maniacs Maniac. <laughs> on alcohol, Maniac. were maniacs, yes, maniacs, yes, definitely. <sighs> but that was a I, lot. Loved it. I loved it. I loved. I just kept <laughs> shooting and, and the 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 ones that were drunk or <laughs> drinking, I said, well, let's just keep shooting, do it again, let's go back, we'll keep shooting. Andrew, mm-hmm. get a real close on his face. Oh my god! And it was you know like the crew was sort of at that party too. Yeah. Yes. The
1: big party. They weren't drinking, but <laughs>
2: the thing, And that also. So that's my favorite episode. Has always been my favorite episode. Is it really? I, it is because because it's so different. Like we're never going to go to a house party. Yeah. yeah it yeah. really was teens being teens outside yeah. of school for the. It's first such of-
3: a mixed message too. The adults are getting oh, drunk. Absolutely. Getting, so they may want to, to to they may have wanted to have taught you a lesson. But the yeah. lesson was like this
2: weird double-edged sword. Like, it's <laughs> fun, but you yeah. shouldn't do it. But we do it, but don't right. do it, you know? Right, And, and we talked, too, about how, like, we never really got to improv that much on the show. Oh. But, yeah, with you. <laughs> that did. <laughs> <word. laughs> yeah, and I remember that was probably, like, the most, like you said, chaotic thing because I remember us having a powwow, I think, sort of in the middle of that day, like, okay, what is everybody's thing? Like what? Because we, we had talked about with the writers about the different drunk types and who would be funny right. to like right. see in each type of thing, and you really like encouraged <laughs> us to just really go for it and play and like set up these things on the day as we're in rehearsal. We're like, what if you guys were over here? And what if you guys said this? What does that look like? And having the freedom in that situation mm-hmm. to really just be pure maniacs. Okay, I think Chaos. probably why it's my. That's probably why it's my favorite episode because we felt like we were also at a party the entire day <laughs> and sitting there. You were, and, being, and by the
4: way,
3: you would do anything. I remember, like, yes. what if Heather did a backflip and then you did blow on her belly? Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. I don't think the blow made the final I <laughs> don't cut. Think so. But no. there's there like, yeah. <laughs> Heather does the the backflip. Like, what is happening over there?
2: Let's well, get away real quick. Yeah. The dailies from that but day must all... be nuts. Nuts. Oh, what they are. Memory? I watched them
3: all. <laughs> <laughs> they are. Yes,
1: you did. Do you have a favorite episode that you directed?
3: Well, you know, like I said, I only watched the first uh a couple seasons, so I didn't, <laughs> I didn't get How to dare you. four and five. But I'd say, you know, I would say I, I did love prom. Oh, yeah,
1: just, uh-huh.
3: just because you know a musical number that ends in people puking. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh no, that was that was blaming on the alcohol. Yeah. Prom. Oh, prom was the one that ended in dance.
2: Yeah. With
3: uh prom queen.
2: Dancing Kurt. queen.
3: Current yeah. oh, dancing Kurt. queen. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
2: Dancing queen. That's right. That was Jar of Hearts, right?
3: I love them. Jar of Hearts. They were the
2: best. Did you do multiple Uh, proms?
3: I feel like you did a few more proms.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You got. I think like how Brad Beaker got stuck with all the competitions. You got got stuck with the school dances. Yeah. What was that Heather prom? The
1: dinosaur. The Dino prom.
2: Promosaurus. I got that one. Promosaurus.
3: Yeah, so weird.
2: Those were so much
1: fun so though. Weird. Prom so was much fun, because fun because Eric, was, yeah, you made them really fun. And
3: I think I rented a, a lot of people pale blue prom suit. Yes,
2: you did
1: a powder when blue. Yeah,
2: one of them.
1: Yes, I remember that. Yeah, because the but crew I, on
2: one of them, the crew dressed up too. Like everybody <laughs> dressed in prom. Gear.
3: Joey and Patrick.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and Andrew.
3: Yep. Yes. Everybody got dressed up. It was a you know. It was a prom. It was a prom. And it was that show, (laughs) as hard as it was to do, uh, overall, as hard as it was to do, and as much of a strain as it was on everybody, particularly Mm -hmm. you guys. I mean, at that point, I think you had just gotten back from touring in between Mm -hmm. seasons. So you were wiped out starting Mm -hmm. a season, which is insane. Right. But uh, there really was a feeling like we just loved what we were doing. Yes. You know? Mm -hmm and and all you your your characters and it meant a lot i mean i i went to high school at a time in the 70s where one of my best friends scotty Dernovich, just gayer than you can imagine <laughs> in the 70s mm-hmm. before it was cool mm-hmm. and i remember we were walking outside the gym at school or something and i was a Tiny, loud, obnoxious kid. And some jocks walked by and said, hey, fag. Mm. And they, like, punched him. And I remember, like, that feeling of, oh, my God. And he was like, oh, it's okay. It happens. Mm. I was shocked. Because, you know, we would do plays together in the theater world, the music world. We love everybody. It's like the Episcopalian church, you know. (laughs) You're gay. You're straight. You're a woman. You're a man. What are you? Who cares? We love you. Right And uh, to have seen that happen growing up in a school situation mm. and then to come around and be able to work with you guys on a show that is probably the most inclusive, open, helpful show for, for kids who are struggling to perhaps come out in a place that is not welcoming or caring or loving. It meant something, you mm-hmm. know, and it was it sounds ridiculous to say important, but I think the fact of it mattered. And mm-hmm. um, I sure love those Kurt and Bert scenes too, because oh, uh, mm. the, best. the father, son, son Michael, best, Michael, uh, jam. what a gem. What a beast. He, Truly. Mike was a beast. And Chris, you know, Chris was a guy. I, I, I think I owe an apology to Chris because I felt like my job as a director was to sort of connect with each of you. And get you guys to try stuff that I thought you might have in you. And that's a bit egotistical. And uh, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And I tried some things with Chris and I remember him looking at me like, what? <laughs> no. And I'm just to come on, man, let's just try it. And I, I was insistent and uh, I didn't <laughs> need to be because his instincts were, oh my God.
0: <laughs> yeah, Oh my
3: God, that man's instincts or, or that boy at the time. And, right. Uh, I don't think I used a single take of me directing him. It was always go, go back to Chris's first couple of takes, go back mm-hmm. to what he, he, how he saw it because he was touched.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, Unbelievable.
1: No. <laughs> yeah. Undoubtedly. So.
2: And the two of them together, like just oh,
3: yeah. fire. Michael Malley,
1: <sighs> Michael Malley. He was always, um, like a like a parent on set to us he always gave words of advice he always loved to be nice to everybody be nice to everybody be be kind to the people you work with know their net learn their names and it really it hit he's like Mm -hmm. invest in real estate don't blow your money just a really smart guy with the best tidbits of advice for new young successful actors that i never ever forgot
2: Like on an acting end, getting to watch him like rehearse the scene, yeah, was also
1: craft. You know, like you, Eric, yeah, thought
2: deeply. Oh, yeah. Came in prepared, had ideas, wanted to really make sure every emotional beat was going to be hit, and yeah,
3: like he was a racehorse. Yeah, he was. He was ready to. Oh yes. And he was so good. Oh my god. Um, And I'm glad to hear that he gave that advice to you guys because (laughs) I will never forget. I think it was season four or five Mark. And I think it was cord. And I think it was Corey came up to me in between setups. We were waiting around and said, Hey man, do you got any? No, they didn't start with the advice. They said, it's my birthday. One of them was having a birthday. It's my birthday next month. Hey, Stolz. What do you think i should do for my birthday do you think i should <laughs> rent a plane with for 50 of my friends and fly to vegas for for the weekend or do you think we should rent a yacht and do this and that and they were all happy and excited like what should we do with our money and our fame and i looked at them and i was i was in a grumpy mood i thought i said you, you want my honest answer here's what you should do You should take that money and get in therapy and buy a house, a small house (laughs) that you can keep forever because it's not always going to be like this. And I remember they looked at me like I shot their dog. (laughs) They looked at me like, whoa, Stokes just nailed it down. I'm getting away from him. (laughs) But it it is good advice.
2: Therapy
1: in a home. Therapy in a home is very good advice
2: can't go wrong with but those, those were two. the this three wrong state. guys to be talking to. Yes, that. that's <laughs> right
1: uh, at that point in time you're
2: correct mark cory and cord on a yeah. party <laughs> yeah there was no talking them out of that
1: no no they definitely knew <laughs> probably went to vegas what um before <laughs> we let you go which is so sad um what feeling does glee leave you with
3: well i tell you i watched when i got to duets I wept. Mm-hmm. I uh, I wept because you were all so so beautiful and talented, and and it was such a, a lovely experience. And then I wept for Naya and Corey, mm-hmm. and even Mark. You know, Mark was
4: yeah
3: a piece of work, and he wasn't <sighs> easy. But mm-hmm. uh,
4: yeah, yeah,
3: the, the, it's 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 a. Uh, Sort of a a sad loveliness that I I look at that that time because I so loved you guys I mm. just you know I cherished being able to to get get there with you and and uh, do what I did
2: yeah I mean I haven't watched the rest of the season so <laughs> I know i yeah, crazy times yeah uh,
1: there really were the feeling That's,
2: I can say I can speak for all of us is very mutual we. Yes felt that from you we're still obsessed with you yeah. and you're not going to get rid of us that easily no nope. okay nope. yeah
1: um well it, thanks for taking the time your time to prepare for this podcast yeah. number one refresh your memory always prepared <laughs> um hang out with us share your feelings um yeah like uh just echo kevin like Anytime you were coming on, we knew we saw Stoltz on the roster. It'd be like, ah, oh, like a breath, like a, a sigh yeah. of relief and such a joy and always just kind of like picked us up in back out of our choir slump. So, thank you. It well, is true. And I don't know if online. you
2: knew that where, you know, we could get into the the rut of the process of the exhaustion of it all. And having me there I absolutely was an ejection of you know, positivity and absolutely picked us back up and injected us with some energy.
1: That's right.
3: No, I'm glad. I'm glad. I mean, look, you guys didn't really need any help with the energy department.
1: (laughs) I could now. I mean, I do now.
3: (laughs) We all grow older. But uh, at that point, literally, like you had toured all summer and you were (laughs) making another 22 episodes and you were partying in the on the weekends. It was Correct. you guys. Correct. You guys were living the dream.
1: We were. We really did. Yeah, we did. <laughs> no yeah. wonder I don't want to leave my house ever again. Yeah. We did it all. I did yeah. it.
2: Yeah. I did There's it. There's no need.
1: <laughs> Truly. We've done it. We've seen it all.
2: No FOMO. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, thanks, Eric. We we love you and adore you.
2: Thank you. I love you right back. Thanks for spending so much time with us and so good to see you. You too.
1: He hasn't changed a bit. I mean, hes I'm sure he's evolved, but he hasn't changed at all.
2: <laughs> no, in all the great ways, he's the yes. same and just wonderful, in a deeply still. caring, and so prepared.
1: <laughs> Always so prepared. More prepared uh, than we are for this podcast.
2: Yeah. So, you know, going forward, when you're rewatching the show with us, just pay attention to who's directing. And you'll see it's a little more loose around the edges with <laughs> us, I think, when Stoltz is directing.
1: That's right. That's totally yeah, right. In a great way. Well, thanks, Stoltz, for coming on. We really, if you couldn't tell by the episode, you guys, we really loved Eric um, being one of our directors. And that's that's this week's episode. So
2: That's what you really missed. See you next week. Thanks for listening. And follow us on Instagram at and that's what you really miss pod. Make sure to write us a review and leave us five stars. See you next time.